brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Of Record is a podcast focused on the marketing and advertising industry from the perspective of two industry experts. Hosts Matt Farrar and Joe Clements are co-founders of Strategic Digital Services, a digital marketing firm based in Tallahassee, Florida, and founded in 2014. I'm Matt Farrar. I'm Joe Clements. And I'm Rebecca Romero. And this is the podcast of Record. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast of Record. It is Wednesday, February 17th. Except for all those listeners in Texas and Oklahoma, they can't listen because they got no electricity. I'm mm-hmm. sorry you guys are so cold right now. It is cold in here, too, because our heat doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're we're right there along with them. Yeah, we have... Florida's in this condition. There's this meme going around where it's like 17 degrees in Pensacola this morning and like 82 in Miami. Mm-hmm. We're on the cold side of that, if anybody's yeah. wondering. I mean, get it, get it was, me to Miami. <laughs> yeah, it was 36 last <laughs> night. So, I mean, Miami. we don't have like snow or ice or anything, but it's... You know, it, it wasn't like warm here this morning. Yeah. Um, I read an article this morning that 75% of the United States is covered in snow right now. Yeah. And that was a frightening statistic. <laughs> it's icy. Proud to be in that 25% at the moment. We're still emerging from the last ice age. Uh, boy, this. <laughs> I could take us way off yeah, track. Boy, I just, that is a really quick way to get this podcast <laughs> just sideways. That's your spinoff podcast, Joe. Really fast. Ice Age. Yes. <laughs> it's, so, it's taken its cartoon. So, last episode, we, I mean, we went really deep on what, you know, happened and then more importantly, didn't happen in the Super Bowl and who of us watched, who didn't watch. Um, but there were a couple of topics that we, uh, kind of punted to this week that we made sure that we wanted to. We've been to punting up. one topic on Rebecca for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I'm quite upset about it. Well, so, so I, I just wanted to. I mean, we we are going to bring those back up. So there's two things we want to talk about today's episode. One is the app Clubhouse, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to get to that later in the episode. And the other um, is Discovery, Discovery Plus. Plus. So yep. we are we're going to talk about that, and, and we're going to talk about that now because we're going to talk about the subscriber wars um, for streaming apps. 
So, um, and this is going to mostly be about 2020 because we just now finally have the the full numbers for all of 2020. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about what it looks like. Sure, out of Axios, the title is Disney Plus Races, Races to Catch Netflix After Subscriber ner- Numbers Surge. And I can't, that for some reason, that's a tongue twister headline. Disney Plus Races to Catch Netflix After Subscriber Numbers Surge in First Year. Thank you. Uh, that was so a great newscaster voice. Where, where things? That's why she does the voiceovers around here <laughs> for uh, ad spots sometimes. Uh, Netflix has 203 million. Amazon Prime 150 million. Uh, and what's cool about this chart is it kind of shows the line of growth over the last 10 years. And Netflix and Amazon are growing year over year. And then you have Disney, which is like straight up from zero to 94 million yep. over the last couple of years. And then Hulu 35. CBS All Access, uh, 17. Uh, they also own Showtime Plus, so those combined are 17. And then HBO Max, 17.2. So HBO is, Max is, yeah, that's that's not awesome. Yeah, I, they're switching their business model. It's kind of outside the role of this story. But let's talk about, I also don't see Peacock on here. Peacock has 33 million subscribers. Okay, so, but it's, uh, it's not ad on supported, there, but I, right? I, yeah. yeah, there's an ad supported There's tier. an ad supported Peacock. So it's, it's right up there with Hulu. Uh, and do you know, so you want to talk about Discovery Peacock's Plus. Also, so, I mean, Peacock has been giving away accounts too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, yeah, because NBC is owned by Comcast, they have some distinct advantages and I think they've just been trying to give away yeah. accounts. I think one of their advantages is they know at one point they're going to flip all that to being an ad, ad supported platform. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I... <laughs> So viewership matters more than than anything. I, I mean, so they have those accounts. I, I don't know that they've broken them down in any sort of meaningful way that gives insight into how well it's doing for yeah. Comcast and NBC in terms of a revenue source. Yeah. I think they were really counting on The Office to be a, a heavy hitter for them. I don't know that it's doing what they thought it was going to do. Now they're having to force stuff through. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, a couple recent, you know, Peacock launched in the last six months, uh, Paramount streaming app, of course, advertised a lot during the Super Bowl, and then Discovery Plus launched, and you've been bullish on Discovery Plus, what, make the case for Discovery Plus. Yeah, and I- It I, looks I, like reality TV show streaming service. Sure, and so, I mean, not a lot was known about Discovery Plus in the run-up to its launch. Um, so we, we knew that, you know, the- the Discovery Networks, I think they're the, the Scripps Networks mostly, had been working on a, you know, kind of a, a catch-all platform through most of, of 2020. Not a lot was known about it. Uh, and then kind of the formal announcements come out at the end of 2020. Um, this is what the project is. It has a name. It's called Discovery Plus because apparently if you're going to make a... It's got to be a plus. It's got to be a plus. You got to have Disney Plus, ESPN Plus. Plus, plus, plus. Plus, plus, plus. Yeah. So it's Discovery Plus. Um and Discovery Plus is not just the Discovery Channel. That is the, and I think it makes sense, right? Because that Discovery is a good catch-all name for kind mm-hmm. of everything you're discovering new. All content. of the reality TV shows, from like Ice Road Warriors to Desperate Housewives. Sure. Yep. And it's 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 everything. Ice Road Truckers. Ice Desperate Road Housewives. Warriors sounds badass Desperate, though. Desperate, Desperate Housewives is not reality TV, is it? No. Y- Desperate Housewives You're is talking a about real, real, house, real, house, real Housewives. Real Housewives. Yeah, real housewives. Yeah. And Real Housewives is not included on Discovery Plus because Real Housewives is an NBC property because it's Bravo, so that would put it on Peacock. Anyways. Oh, I thought it was an A&E property. Real Housewives? No, Real oh. Housewives is a Bravo okay. property. 
Um, I can't I find... I know way too much about streaming stuff at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you able to find the number of subscribers right now for Discovery Plus? The only thing I'm finding is their goal it's of 70 million. They, they yeah. probably yeah. have not it's, released it's, it at it's all. It's way yeah. too new because it just launched right the first of the year. What do you see as like their model? Are they going to go subscription or advertise-based services? It's subscription is going to yeah. be the, the big thing. I, I don't know if there's... I actually don't even know if there is an ad-supported version right now. I got six months free... From Verizon, mm-hmm. and I do not see ads. There, so. um, you have two options because I just signed up for the trial this okay. weekend, and so for the trial we had the option to do the, I think it was four ninety nine with ads okay. or six ninety nine without ads. Yeah, um, we opted for our trial to mm-hmm. do without ads. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, and I, you guys know, I usually don't fall sucker to this, but might actually end up just keeping it because yeah. we found stuff that we're interested enough in, whereas I can't really say that for some of the other platforms right sure. now. I mean, that's the advantage of that deep back catalog of content. So, yeah. I, and I'll tell you why I'm so bullish on, and, and I wasn't, I don't want to, I don't want to present myself as like Nostradamus because I was not super bullish on it before it launched, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know a whole lot about it. I, I was bullish on it the first time I signed into it. Yeah. Though. Like after my first two hours browsing on it, um, like I, I felt really, really positive mm-hmm. about it. So... Uh, again, going back to to what Discovery Plus is. Okay, so you you confirm there is an ad supported model. Yes. Um, that's good to know. I, I like I said, I got mine from from Verizon free for six months. Yeah. And that was that was the ad free that they gave me free for six months. So that's good. Uh, so Discovery Plus has a ton of networks in it, right? It's Discovery Channel. Um, it is HGTV. It is Food Network. It is Investigative Discovery, Investigation mm-hmm. Discovery. Um. What else is in there? Discovery International, Science Channel. Science Channel. Yeah. um, There's five more. Yeah. What it seems Uh, like TLC. Yeah. Honestly, it seems like it just picked up everything that history history channel is on there most people were like oh i can't get rid of my cable because i love hgtv or insert oh it has hgtv in there yeah so it just uh, magnolia uh the chip and joanna games is on yeah so it just kind of picked up all those so yeah all the reality tv networks that's that's why i think it is super significant is because it is the it is the biggest streaming package that gets you closest to cable TV replacement mm-hmm. that I have seen out yeah, there. Yeah, for, for like the cable of cable Correct. Content. Like the real cable package that yeah. most people are like buying when they go to Comcast or yeah. um, you know, who, whoever. When, they, when they're buying a cable package because they want access to, you know, A&E and HGTV, this yeah. is the closest, the, like, the conglomerate like package. The 50 uh, mm-hmm. cuts per minute yep. in, the, in the show. This is the closest. And by cuts, I mean the camera's moving. Yeah. Once someone pointed out to me, I could never watch any of those shows again. This is, like, the biggest package, I think, that has something for the whole family. Mm-hmm. That that is that is on cable TV, yeah. right? This is because um, it's all very this is not low, premium low cable cost production content for the most part. It's the, the biggest thing they have going for the Travel Channel. Travel Channel is another huge one on there. Um, yeah. So some of the shows that have been big hitters for them previously on cable are going Discovery Plus exclusive. Uh, Ghost Adventures has been basically the flagship show for the Travel Channel for the past. 10 years. Yeah, that's the most cable TV show you can think of. It is yeah. going uh, Discovery Plus exclusive. 
So it's only going to be available there. What's the monetization model? Is this ads? Is this fee? Or is this, you know, you replace cable and you get ads plus fee? I think... With slightly better targeted I think long term for this, people are going to be willing to spend the money for the premium option. I, I think they're going to think it's going to be fees. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a full premium subscriber is going to mm-hmm. be their primary revenue. Yeah, I don't think any of those below, say, a Netflix and maybe an Amazon Prime and Disney survive just being, I, I think they're going to, they're yeah. going to get, like, just like t- cable TV, right? You pay the subscription and they get to show you ads. Yes. Like, they're going to gravitate back to that model. Yeah. But especially with, um, I mean, with this network having these back catalogs of seasons that have you know not 15 to 20 episodes but you're talking about yeah. shows that have seasons of 40 to 80 episodes mm-hmm. because of what yeah. they want like house hunters yeah, because they're so and, cheap to produce right yeah. and because you're it, producing is, them so many at a time this is one step above youtube mm-hmm I mean that's yep. that's what it is. Like it is the next layer I mean, of you want, production. Go, go value. look how many episodes of House Hunters yeah. have ever been made. It is thousands of episodes yeah. of House Hunters, right? And like, th- so I think the bragging uh, stat that Discovery Plus is using is uh, fifty five thousand mm-hmm. pieces of content. Fifty five thousand episodes yeah. at launch were. were I'm not on there. sure. There's a world. And look, maybe the way they monetize that is Home Depot just buys all of the advertising for a year for uh the hgtv stuff sure yeah i mean i wasn't sure and joanna Gaines have their own freaking network on there and they have their own line of products i that's target um i if we keep it um which we probably will we'll probably do ad supported so give me a couple weeks and i can report on like the types of ads that i'm seeing there and also because i noticed like hulu was integrating different types of ads like when you pause your show and the little Charmin bear is there. Um, so yeah. I'll see if they're integrating any like different type of yep. yeah. interesting ad models. Yeah. Yeah, um, that but yeah, I haven't seen to experience yet, so I don't know. Yeah, um, but um, I've been I just I've been really impressed by it. Like they haven't had a lot of day one issues from a tech perspective that I've seen. Um, stuff's in 4K. Stuff that you couldn't get on those same apps OTT versions of their apps that you could not get in 4K, mm-hmm. you can get in 4K on Discovery Plus, which is great. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like just overall, they upgraded the entire experience of all of these channels' content. Mm-hmm. Uh, second item, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Okay, this is what I have been really wanting to talk about the past few weeks, mm-hmm. and I, I kept my Raise word. Raise your hand at the table if you're a member. Rebecca's <laughs> a member. I sent her an invite. I know. Wait, where did you send it? I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Oh it God. texted to you. Alex, oh, are you a member I yet? I did not get it. You're a Clubhouse I'll member? I'll resend it to you. No, okay. you're not a Clubhouse member? Okay. Resend it to me, but um, I did not look this up to see what it was in anticipation of you guys explaining it to me on air. Imagine a oh, massive right. call-in radio show. Oh. That's what it is. So, like, we could do this podcast, and probably we will do this. Do this podcast. You you run oh, your... Oh, I definitely want to do uh, you run your a Clubhouse, Clubhouse episode. And then you can see everybody's, uh, you know, little icon come into your room. Then they can ask questions, and you can, like, recognize them to ask questions or say something. So it's real-time social audio. Chat. Well, okay, so question. Would I mean, you can make like... it a free-for-all, too. Yeah. <laughs> you can just let everybody talk if you want. So would someone have to be in the Clubhouse app, see that we're, like, accepting questions? Because yes. obviously mm-hmm. this goes after we record. What, one, of the, one of the limiting factors on it is knowing where to be. So the way people pretty much know where to be on it 
is they see people advertising that they're going to do a clubhouse on Twitter, Instagram, or Reddit. Do you have like a profile? Like I can yep. see all your yeah, updates I mean, you post? Yep. Uh, I don't think so. You can go like, Do you back. have a timeline? You no. have like a little profile. You can't yeah, like post no timelines or yeah. anything. Though. We, like you're, you go, you go into a club, a chat room, basically. Hear what's going on, and if you don't like it, you just leave. Um, and then if you want to host uh, a chat, you just set it up. You know what's the name of it when you're going to be doing it. And you can get push notifications too when, when someone when people starts. you follow start a conversation that is open to the public. Yeah, and then you are more likely to get automated push notifications if yeah, like the, multiple people you follow th- start This is live room. podcasting yeah. essentially is what it is. Can Basically. you post your status in the Clubhouse app or you'd have to promote it elsewhere? To, Both, to but join like you can chat. get push notifications from Clubhouse like that when someone, someone you follow So you can is follow people live. and you can follow clubs and you can follow topics. But the recommendation part of it isn't super good yet. Okay. Like you, you'll see when you get in there. And it's part like, of that is just because it's so limited on who's on there. It's really tough to predict like who you'll well, want to follow. And look, this is this is the have- the media. The New York Times hates this, and this goes back about I don't know eight months ago. There's a New York Times reporter that dropped in on a clubhouse room with uh, some investors on the West Coast, and they were talking crap about you know investors her. are a huge part of the uh, yeah, yeah the users on here. Yeah, well, I mean. Anderson Andreessen Horowitz is has one of the biggest shows on there. Yeah, They're yeah, Mark Andreessen and Ben Horowitz are huge yeah. users on here. They they record their clubhouse and put it on their podcast. It's called A16Z Live. Is their live clubhouse podcast? Um, the the media attacks it because you know missing. There's like I think one of the quotes in that New York Times article from yesterday is you know people having unmoderated conversation <laughs> was one of the one of the critiques of it. I, <sighs> yeah. That look the sooner unmoderated dude, the conversation. The sooner legacy media media dies, the better off we'll all be. I, I just that look. There's no I, purpose. I, yeah, I, that, I just, make your best case that the New York Times, the Washington Post, I CNN mean, should exist. That they provide actual value. Unless yeah. you're on a panel, I believe like most conversation is unmoderated. Correct. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand. Um, unmoderated. Con- I mean, make your case though that any. Any legacy media should that it provides I'm not going to make a that value. Case. No, Wait, it doesn't have... even provide a fact checking value anymore. No, the fact checks are totally bogus. Yeah, now. I have questions. So to join a clubhouse, like, do you have to seek it, or is there like a, a chat roulette option where you're like, no, you got to go what? find it. You got to okay. go search. That's okay. that's where. But the, you can the search by like so topics and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. It, yeah. The discovery piece you have is to not. Seek, you have to seek it's, it. It's not. Awesome. It's not good. Yeah, okay. like it, it's yeah. The search piece is not awesome. It's like trying to find podcasts. Yeah, it, when you oh, I want to listen. It's to worse than trying to, to find podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It's worse than trying to find podcasts. Well, it's okay. like trying to find podcasts four years ago. Yeah, yeah. At so you have to be when, more intentional when you're just like sporadically dropping into things. Right yeah. now, you're ninety five percent dependent on Clubhouse on following people that you know are going to be talking about the things you're interested in listening. Yeah. Okay, about. that is that is the game. You um, are not just going to it, stumble look, upon look, people that you live are it, talking. It about is a things. live podcast. Yeah. Imagine okay. we could have a podcast and have you know fifty or hundred people listening. And Alex could say, "Oh, we got a question." He could open up, and we could hear a question. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah. So, um, so like when you guys- your father-in-law, who is inevitably going to be listening to this episode. Hey, Betty Romero. Yeah, because we know he's in 
avid, avid listener, listener yeah. and we appreciate that. He, if he were listening live, could, if he had a question about something we were talking about, just jump on Clubhouse and instead of sending in a question or asking you a question later on at like family dinner, could ask the question like live in Clubhouse while oh, the podcast cool. is going on. Yeah. Um, okay, so when you guys, this is a more specific question for you guys, as you guys downloaded it and were exploring like, about how many chats did you enter? Not a uh, ton. Only because the yeah. discovery is really bad. The way I've been exposed to it is like I listened to the Elon Musk interview uh, with the the who's talking Hood guy who's talking about that they're going to do a clubhouse interview. It's almost more interesting Correct. than who's yeah. doing them right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's planning to do one? So yeah. Matt, you didn't really like jump into a few to kind of see what there's, was going on. If I, no, I did a couple, but yeah, like there's not okay. much. Yeah. If you're just randomly bumping through there. It's hard to figure out what's good and what's not. You, it's so, also not so. It's not like a Facebook or a TikTok where you're just gonna flip through and see what's going on. At you got to go time. in there. And you want to wait until the person you're interested in like yeah. goes live and does something. Yeah. Right? So like, I have to wait until my phone gives me a notification that like, yeah. if I'm following Mark Andreessen, that Mark Andreessen is going live to talk about like the, venture capital. Look, this has a lot of the aspects of t- uh, traditional terrestrial radio. Uh, and that if you're going to run a show on there, you have to do it consistently so people consistently. can plan around listening. You, you can't have just to be reiterate like, what you're talking about. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, if you're just joining us, here's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it creates a different, uh, a different yep. style. I mean, it's like a radio have, show for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a radio show. So if we did answer people's questions, if we received we their questions, poorly. they would they wouldn't get the answers until the episode published correct no they well, would the, be I mean, live on clubhouse oh, you stream if, if you were listening the on audio clubhouse, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean if they were the listening on clubhouse they'd record. get it right that second okay i mean otherwise yeah. the people that are just listening to the show normally on the podcast would get it on the podcast right but. now as um as it's fairly new how quickly are like the feeds populating like is it overwhelming to like enter a chat and it's like constantly moving or is it like a pretty slow pace right now no because like think of facebook live for instance if it's like someone if it's like you know, totally your, up your to the cousin's host. Facebook the host live. Is it's like pretty control. slow moving. Yeah. So but if you're on the like, host, if we were doing control. it on the podcast, we would we would only have one person allowed to talk at a time, and that would be us until we opened it up then, to like, another Alex user to like, ask hey, a question. There's a question here, right? So it's kind of like a webinar or a conference call, like if we were yeah. doing a teletown hall or something. Oh, so this is so your engagement is is complete audio. Yeah, completely audio. Oh, I'm thinking like you can like type in a question. Okay, nope. yeah, completely audio. Interesting. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a pretty and, like, good. There's summary. a little raise your hand button on there you can push, and that's what signals that, like I want to talk. It. Yeah. yeah, so you to can like let you. this person talk. Have you hosted one yet to play around with the host functions? No, I have not hosted no. one. Yeah. Well, I mean, we should do it for the show. Yeah, because um, I think it would be. I it's just good to figure out. I think right now most of the benefits of it accrue to two types of people. People already have a very large profile on other social media platforms, one, and people who uh, can diligently set a schedule and be going, like they're gonna go 6 p.m. every night, they're gonna go noon every day, they're gonna go 3 p.m. every Saturday. Yeah. Has Gary Vaynerchuk hosted any yet? Um, I do not know the answer to that. I'm I don't sure. even know. This sounds like something. I mean, probably... I'm sure he's aware of it. I don't know if he's like a heavy user yeah. on it yet or not. Uh, I mean, this is the way to have a radio show if you have a really niche 
hobby or topic or interest where you're never going to get a show in your local market because there's not yeah. enough you know people that are interested in like right. you know mm-hmm. pirate watchmaking from it's, it look it's live podcast it's, it's a shame because pirate watchmaking is very interesting right but like yeah there's you know there's 700 people across but, the country interested in pirate watchmaking from the 1600s and they would definitely tune in on let's clubhouse take the, the last question on this one is is it is it a viable business I think it's I think it's super cool. Like I have no idea what their how do you like, monetize it? Yeah, I have no idea what the revenue model is. How like, would it, you monetize it? It's too, right now the revenue model is burn investor money. Yeah, I mean for it's a cool revenue model for me the revenue model looks like you would build an ad platform that allows the creators to monetize their products and you take cuts of that to monetize the platform. Now I don't know if you can build a large enough mm-hmm. platform doing that taking. 10, 20, yeah. 30% of whatever you need to take off of that to keep the thing alive. But I mean, that that is definitely where I'd start is letting the creator, I mean, because if you don't let the creators monetize their stuff easily, quickly, they're going to go around you. It's going to be yeah. what podcasting got to early where like the systems that build the podcasts have no way to make money off of it. People pay the host directly. And people and- are just going to pay the host directly yeah. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, you you don't want that scenario happening yeah. again. I think their best bet is sell to Spotify as soon as they can. That's everybody's best bet in the audio <laughs> space in 2020 and 2021. So sure. Yeah. I mean, of course, sell to Spotify sell for- As soon as you can. For- million tomorrow and call it a day. Absolutely. I think it's a viable concept, um, especially because it's just another way for like direct access to these folks, which is why social media is so popular, right? Like you're like, oh my God, Kylie Jenner can like post a photo and I see it right away. And that that was totally my incentive for social media is seeing it right away when Kylie posts it. I mean, but they were, they're very popular on those instead of having to wait for like People Magazine to come out with like, you know, photos of her bahamian vacation so um i think it's just another way for people to get like direct access to the people they like idolize or it's valuable to the extent that it makes it gives an extra layer of texture to podcast yeah is my is my opinion on it and so Mm -hmm. either they can spin out their own podcast you know they can charge a fee to creators to be on there yeah i mean it's I think it's interesting in that it gives a new way of access to podcasters and podcast hosts mm-hmm. that has previously been you couldn't do it very executed yeah. poorly, right? Yep. Like you essentially had to. You set read the up, email. No, the way you do it is they all just take the email. Well, I mean, look, comment. some some podcasts have done you know a full on like live webcast mm-hmm. like setup and have been very di- i mean but they basically had to recreate YouTube comments yeah i mean yeah. well i mean they basically had to recreate like a radio call-in show yeah. to to do that um i mean i think this enables a a medium that could be really popular that isn't being served right now so uh on the topic of podcast there's another player finally moving in podcast uh that's going to tie into the to the last story of the day uh, and it's this, and this is out of eMarketer, Apple to take an offensive approach to podcasting, reportedly getting into the subscription game. Apple is working on a paywalled podcast platform per the information. The company has apparently reached out to its partners uh, to discuss a subscription-based service, as well as increased funding for podcast shows and marketing. Um, Apple looking to take advantage 
uh, of the growth in podcasts that are expected to grow about 12.9% or 11.9% this year and average 15.5 minutes a day per user. Of course, the way that distributes is some people are two-hour a day and some people are five-minute-a-day listeners. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, thoughts on Apple uh, finally monetizing just, their I'm podcast. I'm not sure why Apple waited until 2021 mm-hmm. to... To yeah. try and figure out how to monetize the thing it created. Mm-hmm. But, what? But now they're doing it in exactly the wrong way. Correct. That's actually harmful yeah, I, for, the, the, yes. for the ecosystem. Like, Look, what? Apple is... If they wanted to monetize podcasts instantly... Let podcasts advertise. Let yeah. podcasters advertise in the podcast yeah. store. Like, th- they would make millions of dollars yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, podcasting is... And the best as I can tell, even look, Joe Rogan finally this week after they had Elon Musk on gave up and started started posting, you know, like 15 minute teasers uh, back onto their other podcast distribution platforms. So back into Apple Pod, uh, Podcasts and back onto Google Podcasts because they're, they're having trouble getting and keeping users in, inside of Spotify. And that's because I, podcasts are... Uh, they're already a distributed open platform. That's yeah. what podcast listeners want. That's what makes that platform great. Yep. Uh, look, we'll talk more about this in the in the next piece. I think Apple it, Apple's business model is a huge, huge, huge mistake in the long term. They are they are going to bleed the value of that company dry doing things like this. Um, and and what I mean is you see this with the iOS. 14 uh, privacy stuff. We've talked about previously their battle with Facebook, uh, forcing users to opt in instead of opt out of privacy things. That is expected to cost Facebook and Google somewhere in the neighborhood of five to $10 billion. The reason Apple's doing that is Apple is two ways to make money in tech. You can do advertising or you can do fees. Apple is trying to put a big giant moat around a huge fee and transaction system that Apple gets to sit in the middle of. That is as close to monopoly behavior 
as any of the big tech companies are actually engaged in. Because you're not talking about small fees when you talk about Apple. You're talking about, you know, 30% take yeah. that, that they're taking. So what they're going to do with podcasts is they're going to set up... Where, so they'll set up this subscription service and they'll do what they do with Apple TV where they pay a handful of creators to have these high-end podcasts that no one was asking for. Uh, you know, then because they're monetizing it, they're going to have to give in to the pressure to censor a whole host of podcasts that have anything interesting going on in them and aren't made by a mainstream media company. So they'll throw off the interesting stuff off the platform. People who are serious podcast listeners will leave the platform. They're not going to pay the fee for, you know, whatever, you know, Slate podcast or New York Times podcast they're paying for. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'll go to some of the open spaces to watch podcasts. And that's what Apple's doing with everything. The Verge. Yeah, The Verge. And I guess Apple's calculation is we don't make money off free people. So if we can even monetize any percentage, it doesn't matter uh, if, you know, if we drop if we drop users on there. Um, but this will this will so tie in short sighted significant. I just Tim Cook is a bad CEO for that company. He he gets credit because he's flying a plane that had a ton of speed and momentum left over from Steve Jobs, but nobody realizes the engines aren't working because it just keeps gliding so well. Eventually, there's a mountain, or eventually the land rises up to hit you. That's what's happening with Apple. Yeah. The next thing, and look, they have plenty of money. Uh, they can try a bunch of stuff, but their model of owning transactions, building up a, a near monopoly on uh, mobile hardware... Uh, and then and then taking a vig on all those transactions is a, is a bad business model. It's going to get them in trouble. It's only a bad business model if you don't get out at the right time, right? If they can ride that model right up to the crest and then just sure, sure. get Look, out of Tim it completely, Cook cashes out in the next five years. He's probably fine. He's probably oh, he's the best. He's the. I don't even mean CEO. Tim Cook personally. I just mean if Apple decides to like not make that their business model anymore. Like and they get out at just the right time, having made the peak of their money, like avoided any serious antitrust problems, mm -hmm. like not had to pay out to you know Fortnite or anybody yeah. else. And and if you're interested in this stuff, Matthew Ball, who is probably the best thinker in media, he's the former head of Amazon Studios, wrote an article. It's a long form piece called "Apple: Its Control Over the iPhone, the Internet, and the Metaverse," which was published earlier in the February, which is like just an absolute kneecapping of what Apple is doing. Uh, and I think will be the old, the, the arguments he's making in this piece in the next few years will end up being the things that take that, that take Apple either put it in jeopardy mm -hmm. um, of antitrust or result in a failure of its business model. Yeah. Uh, but so getting to the next thing, I, I think, that I was not aware of until yesterday doing some research for the podcast. Uh, and boy, did it go deep quick once it went you discovered deep quick. it. Yeah. So uh, there's a, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, the digital collectibles market. Rebecca, mm -hmm. you just learned about this too. Yeah. You were telling me this morning, um, it sounds like virtual beanie babies. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. So collectibles. AKA, Is Alex woke on this AKA yet? AKA Neopets. He's probably heard me talking about it. So, it, you know, collectibles are a big, like trading cards and sports memorabilia. Uh, have I always mean, trading cards thing. are having a huge surge yeah, a huge in the past 18 months. Back in October, uh, a 
a product called NBA Top Shot was launched in partnership with the NBA and a company called Dapper Labs, which has developed a blockchain uh, ecosystem called Flow. And the purpose of this Flow blockchain ecosystem was to create a consumer use for blockchain. So right now when you think of blockchain, you think of cryptocurrency, uh, like Bitcoin. You can store value there. One of the unique things about blockchain is it lets you take a digital thing and limit the amount of it that can exist. Yeah, and very you can make quickly, it unique. You yeah. can make it unique and very quickly validate if that's the real thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, NBA Top Shot is effectively digital trading cards that are tracked on the blockchain. So NBA Top Shot every week will issue, uh, you can buy a pack of these cards and you get a random, and each card is actually like a play from from an NBA game. To be clear, they're digital cards. They're digital. And it's a play from an, from an NBA game. It's like a 10 second video or five second video is what you own. And each of these they'll issue like, you know, there's some elite ones where there's only like one available, but then most are like five or 10,000 versions are issued, mm-hmm. which sounds like a lot, but keep in mind, NBA is a global, it's big, it's in Europe, it's in the United States, it's in China. So 10,000 isn't a lot among NBA fans. Hold on. And you're even buying... smaller compared to physical trading cards. Yeah. You're buying plays and not players? Correct. You're buying like, you know, LeBron James's win- windmill dunk, dunk on December yeah. 23rd against the Cavaliers. So you're buying like very specific video snippets of very specific games where a player presumably LeBron wasn't playing for the Cavaliers when he made this dunk. Yeah, I said versus. against the Cavaliers. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this is definitely different than Neopets. This is the we'll, Neopets don't dunk at all, as far yeah. as I know. But we'll okay. get it. There, there's unless they get dunked in the water, in which case your Neopet does not <laughs> yeah. survive. There's yeah, so I can't. Game. I can't feed the players. In this. There is a video game version of this called like Crypto Kitties, where you make a custom cat, and the cat character is kept on the blockchain, and you own it, and you can breed it with other people's Crypto Kitties. Do you feed them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about that. that I, whole I'm just trying system. to see if I get the same satisfaction of a Tamagotchi. This would be like Tamagotchi, but you can sell it. Okay. For, like, and you could potentially build a crypto kitty that everybody wants, and you can issue. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole collector's market where you're building the collectible. Can they give it to me in a virtual egg? I do not know. Okay. Uh, but anyway, back to NBA Top Shot because crypto kitties did get big. I think it got to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh. So NBA Top Shot, uh, you know, I was, oh, that's an interesting use case for digital collectible. So I was looking into it last night, found some interviews with the co-founder uh, recently of the company Dapper Labs that owns the technology. It doesn't look like you feed them. It just looks like you breed them. Yeah, you just breed them. Oh, <laughs> they okay. don't eat. They're not, digital. Not interested. Uh, <laughs> what caught my attention on this was NBA Top Shot is on track to do a billion dollars in revenue this year alone. The entire NBA barely does a billion dollars in revenue. It's like $890 million a year in total revenues for all of the NBA. Over the course of a year, this to, digital collectible so is going I, to have the entire value of the NBA. That stat, so what all of the NBA teams take in or what like the NBA as a corporate entity takes in? Uh, great question. I... I don't. I they didn't clarify. Surely that. that is just what the NBA takes in as a corporate entity. entity. It it might be, but keep in mind, there's that, no way. I mean, because there's no, no way we can pay all of the players. No, there, and, ex- there's no ticket sales. 
there's no ticket sales, viewership's down dramatically, yeah. the TV rights are, aren't selling big. So it's possible that's actually league-wide. Um, but I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we tend to overestimate the value, how, how big sports franchises are, uh, because their role and culture is so outsized for the for the size of the business that you're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, this would be the the most valuable thing in the NBA's portfolio. Uh, would would be this NBA Top Shots. Interesting. Now, have you purchased any plays? I yet? have not. Okay. Uh, but what's interesting is when you buy it, you can then sell it, and so they run a marketplace where you can swap these NBA mm-hmm. for anywhere from like you know. Uh, $20 to $20,000. There's actually, I think, a LeBron James play that's $150,000 is the biggest transaction that's taken place on there. Where someone actually paid that much. Someone actually paid that much. Okay. Because uh, they're betting on this blowing up. Uh, or they just want it, right? You're, you have people, they can't go to games, they have time on their hands, and and you know they have money, and so they're and looking for something to do. just want to replay this five-second clip on Luke? Trading cards. Oh, you just want a picture of that player with stats on the back? I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, but it's also become the fastest growing marketplace in history. Interesting. So it has outpaced uh, eBay. It's outpaced Amazon. You know, it growing super fast. Now, what is interesting about this is I listened to the interview and I was like, "That's cool," but then the co-founder's like, "Yeah, and this is an interesting use case, but like, what what this is is we just needed a consumer success for a distributed app and for blockchain." And he doesn't say this, but it he kind of dances around when he gets pushed by the host, but here's the strategy that they're pushing sometime in the next few months. They're going to, they're going to release an app on iPhone that lets you like store your NBA top shots and you can uh, show people your NBA top shots and you can compare your NBA top shots collections, compare them in person, compare them with other people, other friends on the app. Okay. But you've got to flex. You got to flex. But what you can't do is you can't transact on the app. And the reason you can't transact on the app is because Apple would take a 30% cut of those transactions. Yeah. And uh, what I think they are teeing up to do is release this app in this massive, this market that's grown so big, no one realizes it. Uh, there's going to be millions of people trading in it. They're going to release this app. And then when people complain about not being able to do it, they're going to be, oh, you got to talk to Apple. It's because Apple wants to take a 30% piece of your digital good right. sale. And so so where do you, where are transactions hosted? Uh, I mean, th- so they, their blockchain is called Flow. Okay. And so those transactions take place on that blockchain. Okay. And you have a Flow wallet where you keep your, you know, your Flow coins until you cash out. Am I allowed to say this is dumb? Am I going to eat these words later? <laughs> yeah. I mean, y- you are. I mean, this might be dumb to you, but eventually there'll be a digital good or a digital service. Yeah. I mean, that this is might incredibly not be the one that works. Yeah. I mean, what like... this is going to do. Yeah. Is... I found one that worked and it was called Neopets and I was really into it when I was 12. <laughs> not opposed yeah. to hanging out with it now, but. But who knows what digital thing it'll be. Okay. Um, but. So I need to think bigger picture. And here. this ties into Apple. Right, standing in the way of not just it. People don't complain when it's Apple taking their cut off of the developer. Right. People will lose their mind when Apple is taking a 30% cut off From their digital their goods, yeah. off the things they own and are trying to exchange over over the app. So this is going to Or when they create... just get an automatic like, 30% markup. To I any... think Apple 
is going to get absolutely blown up by uh, the digital goods market. Okay, so I pose a question for you. If you're Apple right now, what are you doing to try to prevent that from happening? Um, well, currently they're fighting that because this is this is what the um, what the uh, Unreal Matt, what's the company that owns Unreal Engine? Um, North Carolina Epic uh, Epic Games. This is the whole Epic Games conflict right. with Fortnite. Is Epic Games is contesting Apple not because they want to get their cut, but Epic Games' argument is is this. Epic Games and some other companies are building these uh, frameworks that other game developers can use to build code on, and so they take, uh, you know, they split the the pro they split the revenues with those game developers. So it's harming smaller developers. Exactly, but then when you add in Apple's thirty percent cut on top of the cut it takes to just operate Correct. those platforms, there's no money to be made. So you cannot push that industry forward, and specifically, you can't create this vibrant digital goods ecosystem mm -hmm. where like I buy something in, you know, Fortnite and then I can go on like literal eBay and sell it to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think Apple's Apple's strategy for this should be get to a point where exchanges between non-developers like have a very small fee, you know, what one to three percent. And then they can keep taking their VIG off, you know, developer issued things if they want. But if they don't change on the digital goods, that is something that They're will cause people to completely. leave the platform. Right. You will uh, if you have a, you know, twenty thousand dollars in, you know, crypto kitties and NBA top shots and whatever else, and that's your business, you will leave the iPhone ecosystem, which is increasingly just a reason to charge you fee for services that six months ago were free anyway. Um you'll go to whatever the next thing is. Like the Apple ecosystem is not more valuable than an emerging trillion dollar asset class. Right. That that normal people can own, which is what will happen. It won't just be rich people own these. It'll be like, you know, normal people are, you know, buying these digital assets and some go boom and some go bust, but it's going to be a, a huge market. What is the Google Android store? And I don't know if there's a formal name for it. Google Play store. Google Play. Okay, Google Play. Mm -hmm. um, wh what does a Google Play fee look like in comparison to like Apple's fee? It is also 30%. It is just much more flexible on... The, they they work can, on a case-by-case -case basis can, with developers for things that don't make sense. You can also do installs directly from the developer's website. You can. You don't, yeah. and Apple you don't does have not, to use their store. Apple, Apple doesn't allow a workaround. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Apple forces you to download from the App Store. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can't, so they'll use like, oh, you can go to the open web, which you kind of can, but then a bunch of the features of the iPhone aren't actually available when you go to an open web app. Have you ever done it? What? Uh, download it from app the open web? Download an app from you cannot do it on oh, iPhone. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's probably some hacker way of doing it, but yeah. like the iPhone, basically not yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So, well, but uh, Google's also willing to like work with developers more than Apple is, even on ones that go through the Google Play Store. Look, Apple so, in the very near future is going to be a company that is is mostly like boomers and older millennials still think it's cool. Yeah. That is where they are headed. Uh, Joe, I expect um, in a future episode, you tell us which play you purchased. I don't know. Here's my thing. I do believe <laughs> that. I don't know enough about the NBA 
to competently go in and be like, oh, that's I'm going to buy this one because people are going to really want that when this gets bigger. Yeah. Like the funny thing of a billion dollar market is like still being small. But the fact that I didn't know about it until yesterday and I follow this stuff is how quickly that's that's emerged. Yeah. Right. I, I trust your ability to do some research to be able to at least play in that play in that field. We are short on time. Do we want to talk about the Maryland tax before we go? This kind of ties into it because it's a tax on ad buys. Okay. Um, closing story. Tee it up. Hit it quick. Uh, State of Maryland just passed a tax on digital ad buys. Um, no. You know, I mean, we're- First a- state in the country to do it. Yeah, we're, we're an agency. So, you know, the client pays from, from our perspective. It won't really hurt yeah, our, but no our business. I mean, we would still reference. have to collect it and pay it for them, which would be- A hassle. A giant pain in the ass. I wonder how they do remit it. That's interesting. I mean, I, we would have to do it. There's no way we wouldn't have to do it. No taxation without representation. Well, do, do you have to do it? Or do like Google and Facebook end up having to have a tax document oh, that's that they true. issue once they a month? They might have to do it, yeah. Like- that's true. It could be on. Well, it just makes their it more side. inconvenient for clients. But to I mean, have look. To... Either way, yeah. The more heavily it's a pain regulated the get, the better it is for an incumbent agency. So, like, there's a little bit of a benefit to us. Um, you know, who does it hurt? I, it's not clear to me. It actually hurts Google and Facebook or who or Apple. Like, they're kind of oligopolies. They they're not competing with anyone. Um, you know, the the business owner paying the the tab for the new tax it yeah, probably hurts it, i mean does dollars. maryland have an existing services tax for other things like this i mean that's probably the question for me like if i mean it's it shouldn't be a sales tax right if if it has an existing services tax for comparable services then yeah. i probably don't have a huge like well, you know moral problem with what, it like well, in florida it would be i i, I don't think it would be legitimate well, because, because like we don't a, have comparable services taxes a, in florida because it's a tax on the ad buyer not a tax on the ad seller right fundamentally is who it impacts yeah what what i'm unclear about is like because it's a service right like a digital ad is a service that is being provided by like google or facebook but it's what not is a the physical nexus? thing what is like the physical presence of you know what? What is the physical? And maybe both Google and Facebook have physical presence in Maryland, and so that's the nexus. But going back to the Amazon debate over this on online sure. sales, like it was the nexus. You, if you had a location in the state or in the jurisdiction, that then you could tax it. But if you didn't, I mean, it, it is odd to me. And this is going to be the. This is one of the things. The internet. You're taxing something which is a total, like a total intangible. But then what, like states are, I mean, this is so short-sighted too. So, I mean, like then states are going to disincentivize like major companies like Google and Facebook from having like regional offices in their state. Because for for some places, obviously not like DC and New York City, but for some states like Facebook or Google may have an office because they were doing a fiber installation in a market or doing something else. If you're talking about like having to pay a 2.5% tax or having an office that has like 50 people in it, you would just shut down that office and get rid of it to avoid the tax. So like you're you're going to be short-sighted enough to... yeah. Here's another thing I don't understand. Is it is it a tax on if the person seeing the ad is in Maryland or on if the person oh, that's a great point. buying like the ad is in bu- Maryland? Well, and also... Because we have clients that advertise in Maryland. Like, here, do we have to Here's remit? another one. Yeah. Is it like the company purchasing the... Like making the ad buy? So is the agency in Maryland or is like the client oh, in Maryland? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Right, because the client could be in Delaware, the agency could be in Maryland, and then Facebook's in Palo Alto. 
Yeah, I mean, all this stuff. We don't can have be, answers to these questions. It can yeah. all be figured out, but I think the yeah. like the treatment of how you want, and I, I'm not even saying you shouldn't tax like digital goods and services because they're very quickly replacing the tangible world. Um, Virtual baseball plays. Yeah, but look, here's my case: if if I'm going to pay taxes on digital goods and services in a digital world. I want rights in that digital space because that is taxation members. If I have to pay tax on well, transactions but, I mean, and interactions in a digital space where I have no rights, like what is my benefit? Are magazine ads taxed? I, you know, some states have services taxes. So but that's I don't my know point. Like, if, yeah. if there is a services tax for those things in those states, mm -hmm. like I, I can see like a line being drawn to make a comparable, you know, question there but like in florida that would be that would not make sense yeah. okay i think we do a little bit of research a on this and then we report back on yeah. the next podcast episode of our findings and follow keep following this to see how it progresses so by the way it's a company that makes at least 100 million a year in global revenue but no more than 1 billion a year will face a 2.5 percent tax on its ads but no more so it's the it's the client that's it's purchasing. It's, it's unclear. Ads? I'll have to look more into it. Okay. Well, we'll report back. Um, but I it mean, is look, super we're, interesting. We're misinformation fake media. So oh, oh wait. No, companies that make more than $15 billion a year pay a 10% tax. So, like. <laughs> so the company. So, like, Facebook and Google are getting a 10% tax. <laughs> but is it just on ads that are shown so, in so Maryland? It's clear, it's clear that, like, it, Facebook and Google are getting, like, are paying the tax. Yeah, but is it just on. Well, is it just on ads that are shown in Maryland? Because it was just ads that are shown in, in like. What I don't know is if it's if the customer, again, buying it is in Maryland or if it's if the ad is shown on a geo in yeah. Maryland. Yeah. By the way, I, I think the South Dakota build that failed about takes on app stores uh, earlier this week is probably a better way of handling all this. But we'll get at that in another episode. Rebecca's right. ready to go back and do more actual work. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we're, we're just excited that you come here and spend... Maybe we'll even be on Clubhouse next week. 30 to 60 minutes of your time with us. Yeah, so make sure... So Clubhouse invites are invite only. You can't just hop in there. Um, well, if you're not on Clubhouse already, you're not cool. Yeah, that's true. You you're, you're not that cool. So, yeah. Rebecca, you're not cool because you're not in there she yet. She has an invite. She has I'm never responded to didn't do anything with it. I'm not cool. But, yeah, Clubhouse is invite only, and everybody only gets a couple of invites. So, it is a small clubhouse Hit right Hit me now. up if you want those invites. Yeah. I'll have them soon. But maybe we'll do an episode in the next couple of weeks on Clubhouse. See how that goes. In the meantime, jump into your favorite podcast app of choice. Give us a rating or review. Helps more people discover the show, and you know that makes us happy. And we like to be happy. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Of Record is hosted and produced by me, Matt Farrar, Joe Clements, and Rebecca Romero, with producer Alex Reinhardt. Of Record is recorded at Graybridge Studios in Tallahassee, Florida. This episode was edited by Alex Reinhardt. 
Our theme music is composed and performed by Rob Goethe. Special thanks to our entire team at SDS here in Tallahassee. You can see more information about the show at our website, podcastofrecord.com. As always, we'd appreciate your reviews and ratings in your podcast app of choice. Those ratings and reviews help more people discover the show, which helps us keep delivering quality content each week. Thanks for listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.